0: Ben Shapiro here with a man I have tremendous respect for, my good friend, Attorney Barack Lurie. Barack, you've been practicing law for over 24 years. Do you have some important advice about lawsuits?
1: Well, Ben, the law deals with conflict, right? A good attorney should help ease a lot of your anxieties, because he should have perspective and know how to gather his evidence. But his main mission should always be to pursue the path toward quick resolution or settlement. Well, how do you do that? Simply by working to remove the emotion from both sides. Once you gather information and think rationally and compare strengths and weaknesses in a case, you can work on what's fair. The truly great lawyers know how to do that, and quickly.
0: You can see, folks, why I so admire Barack Lurie and all the work that he does. For all your business and real estate legal issues, call my friend Barack at 866-575-8111. 866-575-8111. 866 575-8111. Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. Listen to The Barack Lurie Show, Sundays at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer.
1: she didn't have good enough grades. Perhaps uh, it's because she, they, they determined that she was not competent as a leader. Perhaps uh, it's because she said something so offensive that uh, it was inconsistent with the leadership uh, of, of student body. No. None of those things. The answer is because she was Jewish. That's right. Anti-Semitism is playing out at UCLA, not just privately, but also publicly, publicly, and they said directly that the reason why they could not have her on the student council was because she was Jewish. Now, think about this, when was the last time you heard such a thing, my friends? You, you, we all used to think that anti-Semitism was something of the past, right? I mean. It, It certainly was of the past, but, you know, it just seems so obscenely silly, anti-Semitism. But there it is. And how is this playing out? Why is it playing out? We'll talk about that in a moment. But think of it for a second. Can you imagine, Ari, what would happen if they told this woman, or any woman for that matter, listen, I'm sorry, you can't be part of the student council. Well, because, you know, you're black. Can you imagine the uproar, riots, the riots, riots that would happen. Yeah. the Obama administration would would uh, certainly weigh in on the whole thing and say this is reprehensible, and our young minds cannot uh, foster this kind of racism, and we will not tolerate it. And he would not only send somebody from his own administration to go challenge it; he would send Eric Holder or the future, um, D, uh, what do you call it, Attorney, the, uh, Attorney General. General of the United States, to uh, to go investigate. This this matter and to pursue possible federal crimes. It would be Ferguson and Westwood. That's right. You know, with God knows how much property destruction. That's right. Black Lives Matter and something like that. And um, it would be a a terrible thing. In fact, I think the president himself would fly out to to the uh, to UCLA to talk about this very important subject. And it would be important. Uh, Truly, it would be. But of course, it doesn't happen. It never would happen. Yeah, we're just to be clear, we're not mocking that kind of reaction. No, no. I think we would both
0: agree that that kind of reaction, may not be the property of destruction, but the emotional outburst, would be fully appropriate in the modern age to respond to such racist
1: bias. Well, it would never be appropriate to to, to create violence and, and destruction like that. And I think you're saying that, but, but and I wouldn't necessarily agree that somehow you would have to have a, a federal investigation into the matter. But nevertheless. You would expect some outrage to say, what kind of Jim Crow law are you trying to advance here, my friend? But when it's a Jew, somehow, no big deal. It doesn't even make the front page of the LA Times. Nothing. This is a strange, strange world we live in. Yeah, it's shocking. And this is the world that we have to get ready for. We Jews. As I, as I explained to a good friend of mine today, you know, you've got to think about the numbers. There are seven billion people on the planet. There are approximately, depending on which source you're looking at and how you define a Jew, somewhere between 12 and a half and fourteen and a half million and 14 and Jews, okay? You do the ratio on that, and you get to, you get to about .02% of the population. And that, uh, that's a pretty small percentage, my friend. And then also think about what it was like back before Hitler. Before Hitler, do you know the number of Jews that there were, Ari? My guess is about
0: 12 million worldwide, 8 to 12. No, it couldn't have been 8. uh, uh, 14 to 18 million worldwide, I think it was.
1: It was more than 18 million. And uh, after Hitler did his handiwork, he wiped out a third of the Jewish the world's Jewish population, down to about 12 million. So <clears throat> since the end of World War II, we've grown as a population by approximately 1 million people. That's it. It's, it's essentially zero growth over the span of 70 years. It's really an amazing thing when you think about it. And we can talk about why that's the case all day long, but uh, that's the reality. We, we are basically... From a a numbers point of view, we have not grown very much.
0: We are statistically insignificant in in raw numbers as a people, compared to all the populations in the rest of the world.
1: But here's my point. The rest of the population, the world's population, has grown, and has grown exponentially, or at least geometrically, and we've not. So what does that mean? That our percentage of the world population has gone down dramatically, to the point that we are now 0.02% of the population. And what concerns me, Ari, is that at some point our numbers will be so low relative to the rest of the world. Even if, even if we stay at 14 million, maybe grow a little bit, 14 and a half, and maybe 20 years from now we'll have 16 million people. Wouldn't that be great? But it doesn't matter. It'll be statistically, as you say, insignificant because relative to the world's population will be even smaller as a percentage. And here's the big question. When I say to you... You know, uh, let's, say I, let's say you and I don't know each other and um, you take $5 from me, you know, you claim something and you cheat me out of, of uh, $5, let's say, and I say, hey, don't jip me, right? What am I really saying? I'm saying, don't be like a gypsy. Gypsies, you know, that's, that's what jip refers to, a gypsy. And why can I say that with, with relative ease and comfort? I'll tell you why. Because there are very few gypsies. There are no gypsies really left to speak of, at least in America. You, they don't surround us, they don't, they're not part of our everyday thing, so no one's there to complain about racism or insensitivity or cultural ethnocentrism when it comes to gypsies. But you would never say that uh, with a phrase like, I-, I Jewed him down or something like that, right? Still, that's totally offensive. It's totally inappropriate. You would never expect such language. So here's the question. At what point do we all become gypsies? We Jews. Is, is it when, it's, when we're 0.01% of the world's population? 0.005% of the world's population? When is it? And, and it concerns me. Because what I saw today, or not even, I guess it's very recently, this thing with the, uh, the the woman who was told she couldn't be part of the student council because she was Jewish. You know, how many voices are out there to express outrage? You know, the, the, the black population in America is approximately 11%. It's a very large percentage. We Jews in America are approximately two and a half, if, if you really are very liberal in your Estimation of, of the Jewish population It's more like 2% And if you're 11% Well, you know what You've got some, you've got some weight to, to throw around you, you have to be respected one out of, More than 1 out of every 10 people Is black And that's fine, that, that's the way it is And hence, if somebody were to say No, you can't join our student council Because, you know, you're black Well, the world would rightfully Be up in arms, and they would be up in arms they would rally right away, and others would rally in their, their behalf. Their, it's it's uh, what did they call it? critical mass. That's what it is. And I think we're losing our critical mass. Well,
0: I would go further than that and say that in the areas surrounding Los Angeles, the proportion of Jewish population is dispers- disproportionately high. Mm. These are all Jewish neighborhoods surrounding the Westwood campus of UCLA. Westwood, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Holmby Hills, Brentwood. That's true. And what shocks me is the lack of action in this area that is highly concentrated.
1: Yeah, with Jews. Yeah. yeah.
0: They are it, it's not just their lack of numbers, it's their complete passivity. How did never again, never forget become, let's go like sheep to the slaughterhouse and not even raise our heads.
1: You know, it's, uh, you're so right. And what's happening now with ISIS and otherwise, and the, 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 the attacks upon Jews and Christians for that matter, here it is, here's the opportunity to say never again and to actually act on it. And it turns out, my good friend, and our good friends listening to this, here's the sad news. Never again is an empty phrase. It means nothing unless you do something about it. And we're doing precisely that, nothing. And uh, it, it frightens me, it scares me, and it's, it, you know, when, when you and I were young kids and we learned about this thing called the Holocaust, right, we, we said to ourselves, wow, what, what was it like to be living in America or anywhere in the world and, and knowing that this monstrosity was going on? And, and you heard this stuff about how they were anti-Semitic and how they were rounding up Jews. You didn't quite know exactly what they were doing to the Jews. But by golly, you knew that it was bad and difficult to be, not bad to be a Jew, but very difficult to live a Jewish existence, in Europe at least. And you said to yourself, wow, if I lived back then, I would do something, I would. You know, and you, you imagine yourself kind of signing up with the army and going and attacking and, and doing what you could to do your part. Well... Yeah, but you imagine it's just never never going to happen again because the the world just isn't that way.
0: And all of our brothers and sisters it, holding hands in harmony all say, never again, that's never right. again, never again. So it must never happen again. Of right. course we're finally the generation that's safe.
1: And yet here we are. We are, in, in fact, experiencing the never again moment. And here it is. And, and we as a society are doing nothing. It's... uh. It's so disturbing to me that, that we actually have that moment. I never thought when I was 12 years old, 13 years old, learning about the Holocaust, that we would actually live through something like it again. And then we thought to ourselves, well, for surely, my, for sure my, my country would do something about it.
0: Or the world. Remember how the world was flooded with guilt after the Holocaust? The yeah. world said never again. We will never let this happen again. We will never let the Armenian genocide happen again. And what we're talking about is the systematic annihilation of an entire people, in this case Christians and uh, Muslims who are ethnically different than the ISIS Sunni Muslims who are being rounded up and slaughtered in the most brutal, you know, the violent, pornographic kind of ways, mm-hmm. and unlike the Nazis, who were immeasurably more tasteful than these people, none of the crimes are being concealed, they're being flaunted for all to see, and the world sits by with the same passivity as it had during the Nazi era, doing nothing about it, and yeah. the, it's almost as if... The calls for never again only meant if some dictator with a uh, toothbrush mustache <laughs> were in a red armband with a funny squiggle on his,
1: right. you know, and an upraised right arm saying these things. Uh, well, okay, but... Well, it has actually, and, and to go further, and his name also was Adolf Hitler, and he looked just like him. Right. And he spoke, to, and, he, and he wrote a book called Mein Kampf, and, and followed this script to the T. Then they would recognize it. Yes. Right? Yeah. But, but instead... Um, because things are never exactly on all fours They say, well, this is different you know, Come on, please, let's not exaggerate you know, ISIS will collapse upon itself Strategic patience and all that, right? Uh, which we call appeasement But this is, uh, this is the way it's going to be and, and you, my listener, and we Must understand that we're dealing with this Now, Ari and I, we, we go on the airwaves we, we talk our talk uh, that's, I suppose, the most we can do you know, at this point. You know, It's hard for us to join, at my age of 51, and your age, of mid-40s, to join the Army and to, to drop yeah, everything we're we, doing. But
0: we buy guns. We go to the range. We that's practice. Right. We tell our children, you have to be able to be armed and protect yourself. We teach the the mantra of freedom to that's right. all who will lessen. We encourage people to defend themselves. Well,
1: here's the thing. We, we don't pretend it's not happening. That's right. That we do the... what we can. That's we, it. If,
0: if the whole world's crises is a gigantic painting, yeah. big enough to cover this wall behind me, we're at least providing a brushstroke or two of the solution to the problem. Yeah, yeah. And we're not saying, woe is me, this is happening, we can't do nothing. We say, do something.
1: Right. That is, what that is exactly what we're saying. And it's, uh, what, what bothers me so much is that it is happening again. And we have the exact same response as we did back then. And it, it makes us realize that what happened with Hitler is uh, not an anomaly. It's not anecdotal. It's a testament to the failures of human nature. The creepy thing about it
0: is it proves how accurate the Bible is, which basically have said, every other generation, the world will rise up against the Jews and against civilization, and some glib-speaking, charismatic leader will come along and convince
1: people to
0: participate in absolute madness.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's what we've got. We've got that. And uh, we, we cannot expect Obama to do anything. He won't do anything. If anything, he's making their job a lot easier. And that's not saying that he's actually trying to help them or giving them money or guns or anything else. But you know what? He might as well. He might as well be doing exactly that because uh, what's aiding and abetting is essentially what we're seeing here. Because uh, when you are, when you don't even recognize the the title of your enemy, and 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 give him comfort to know that uh, that you're supporting. Uh, Islam um, I should say radical Islam by not even using the word radical Islam and and not and, and making clear that you will not engage in a ground war there and then instead saying the most tepid of things and engaging in the most tepid of warfare uh, and, and then in the meantime also saying that you're you're doing something as if somehow this is doing something you, you you're only making it easier for them um, we, we don't need this kind of leadership from the from the president we, we need either balls to the wall sort of complete obliteration of these monsters or don't do anything at all okay at least we'll know that you're not doing anything at all it's kind of like the scene in uh, in aliens the, the the sequel to the alien movie right I like that movie very much and one of the things you see this very lackluster leader and he doesn't really have a lot of experience and he tries to f- follow the, the book and such and he just can't seem to get it right. And he, and he marches his troops right into an ambush. Right into an ambush, and he and he panics when he realizes it's an ambush. And the Sigourney Weaver character basically has to take over. And she says, do something or get out of the way. And and that's and, and she eventually, you know, takes over and rescues the troops, and they have to deal with the aliens later on. But but for her action, all of them would have been slaughtered at that moment.
0: Yeah, and you make such a good point because essentially And I I think you'd either somewhat or completely agree with this. If you're not completely carpet bombing them, you might as well roll out the red carpet for them. That's right. And I have a prediction. You know how ISIS became ISIL? And, you know, they're not Islamic and all that. I think in the next few weeks or a couple months, and, you know, these predictions always happen faster than we think. That's right. The the first I in the acronym will be dropped, and they'll just be referred to as either CIS or SIL. Ooh. State Iraq and Syria, State of Iraq and Levant, because if they're not Islamic, why have the first I? It's the first letter
1: of the acronym. <laughs> I know, I, I understand that. But here's the funny thing about it: is that that Obama doesn't he, he doesn't uh, he doesn't want to call them even terrorists. He he. he well, he that's why he calls them state. I, I understand, but he doesn't. He doesn't call them Islamic State. He doesn't call them ISIS. Uh, And he wants wants to take, you know, he would like to take the eye out, but he's too respectful of these jackasses because they insist on being called Islamic State, right? They insist on it. Therefore, well, we have to call them what they say they want to be called. I like to call them the jackasses. And and frankly, the Islamic jackasses, that'd be a cool name for them. And let them complain about the way that they're, they're being treated and characterized. And, and let them say, unless you stop calling us Islamic jackasses, we will behead one uh, innocent victim per day. Fine. Get to that point. I don't care. But, but the point is, I, I don't foresee that. Uh, I, think, I think he will continue to make excuses for, for Islamic State. He will continue to be like that guy in the movie Aliens, say, insisting that his way is the right way. In, me, in the meantime. All the men are being slaughtered. Yeah,
0: everything's under control. It's by the book. Don't worry. Everything's by the okay book. here. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Don't worry. Move along.
1: All right. Uh, speaking about moving along, I do want to move along to a different topic, and that is uh, the global warming scenario. Um, and I and insist on calling it global warming because speaking about changing names, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, can, <laughs> they can be only changed names uh, from global warming to climate change, but I ain't going to do that. I'm going to hold them to task. The global warming enthusiasts, as you know, uh, when they first started about this, you know, it kind of, I don't, do you remember this, Ari, where it just suddenly dawned, it just kind of descended upon us, right? All of a sudden, we were told that global warming was happening, and it was real, and the debate was over. I didn't know there was a debate going on. Maybe, maybe I was slow on the take, maybe I, I, I didn't set my alarm, you know, maybe I overslept that day, but apparently there was a whole raging debate. And it was—it's been resolved. Thank you very much. It was
0: like it was like a movie, where you saw the opening credits, you saw the first scene, and the next thing you know, they're going happily ever after into the sunset. And you're like, Wait, what the about end. all that part in the middle? Because yeah. I remember, you know, the initial PBS Frontline specials on global warming and the ozone hole were in the late in the '80s. Yeah, the ozone yeah. And I would tell my friends about, you know, this is a big concern. They'd say, "Shut. That's so stupid." And then around 2006, 2007, debate's over. I'm like. But we never had the debate, right? Yeah, it was the whole middle of the movie.
1: God, it it was all over. Well, okay. So here's here's uh, what's going on in that department, and the reason why I insist on calling it global warming is because they called it global warming. That's right. And they were the experts, and they said the computer models are warning uh, that there will be no polarized caps by the year 2013. I think it was. And uh, that will be flooded, of course, and all the terrible things. Sea,
0: will sea level rise eight to twelve feet. Why not? Why, why stop there? Surfs up, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, that, that, that generally speaking, that the temperature will increase gradually within a fifteen-year st- time span. Uh, that will really have noticeable uh, heat heat trends. Okay, so it ends up being that the experts were completely wrong in that department, right? So they just reconnoitered and they said well we mean extreme weather of all kinds and uh, suddenly hurricanes were uh, were our responsibility yeah. never, never 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 mind that they never talked about it in the first place yeah um, and suddenly whatever they could grab onto it was the fault of man okay so there was a wind chill uh, you know suddenly there was a hurricane there was a typhoon the earthquakes
0: Anything. Well, you know, I was going to
1: say earthquakes in Oklahoma
0: and and tornadoes in California. You know, like sure. the the oh. whole like that movie where the the weather from here shows right. there. You yes. know, yeah, dogs sleeping with cats. You know, yes. So it's
1: right. like the whole the whole nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's it's going to be Armageddon. I tell you, that's what they say. Okay, so it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't meet with all those computer models that they promised you were so absolutely perfect. And all those experts who were all so buttoned up and it came from such prestigious universities, but they were wrong. And now, and then they just said, well, you know what? It's climate change and everything's different. So, so but, but, but I beg of you, I, I say, well, listen, if you believe this and you're welcome to believe it, doesn't it give you pause to say, well, wait a minute, you were wrong before, like really wrong. So, and now you're insisting that you're right now. Why should I believe you? I mean, isn't it like saying, sweetheart, I know I cheated on you before uh, when I was uh, going out and I said I was going out with the boys, but this time when I say that I'm going out with the boys, I am not cheating on you, and you really gotta believe me, okay? Uh, And the woman will say, oh gosh, the pattern is exactly the same. I don't think I should believe you. No, seriously, this time I really, really mean it, (laughs) okay? So, so why are they more right now than they were when they first insisted that they were so right? Isn't this so basic? Isn't this plain as day to you, Ari? Right? Oh, yeah. yeah it, it,
0: like any uh, any charlatan, cheating husband, cheating spouse, used car salesman, you know, any guy in a polyester suit selling you used goods <laughs> at, at too good to be true prices. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> well, li- liars always lie. That's yeah. Right. Okay, so so the news item that uh, you actually sent to me, Ari, was uh, experts smeared for paper skeptical of climate change. And uh, this is the uh, guy from... Um, Harvard, Willie Soon, right? Yeah, that's right, Willie Soon. And this notion is that... Um, Uh, I'll just read the the topical. Uh, A not-so-funny-but-somewhat-predictable event occurred after Dr. Matt Briggs co-authored a major peer-reviewed climate physics paper that exposed significant errors in the billion-dollar computer models used by the International Panel on Climate Change, uh, the IPCC. Uh, It goes on. Briggs and his colleagues were smeared by the New York Times, the Guardian, the Washington Post, and the Boston Globe because... They re- uh, the revealed errors suggest that there is no climate crisis after all." Now, why do I bring this up? This is, to some extent, not a surprise, right? We've, we've seen so many fissures and other, and other cracks in the global warming movement. Again, I insist on in calling it global warming. If, if Obama is insisting on in calling it ISIL <laughs> when, when it should be Islamic State, well then, by golly, I'm going to call it global warming when they want to call it climate change. Okay. So the, the, the theory, you see so many of these cracks in the fissures of global warming and that you had the email nonsense, uh, right? The email scandal the from scandal. the East Anglia. University. Yeah, where they were clearly trying to play with the numbers and then you know, putting aside the facts that they were wrong all the way through and then that, um, that so much money is being funneled in to support the, the global warming uh, scenario, right? Okay. And then if you, if you disagree with it, if you disagree with them at all, then you're going to be smeared. You're going to be drummed out of whatever department you are in the in your respective university, and you're going to be known as senile or, you know, bought by the oil companies and all those things, right? So here's my point. All this stuff, including this recent article that you just talked that you sent me, Ari, it reminds me of the book 1984, right? It's where it's not just Big Brother, right? It's, it's this you will conform attitude that you see dramatically in the global warming movement that you see very little of in any other scientific escapade, right? I mean, nobody, nobody talks about this way about how, um, nobody has an invest, a vested interest, for example, as to whether or not the Earth is stat- so the universe is static or whether there's a Big Bang. There used to be, but that's another story. Nobody's uh, going to be upset with you if you talk about string theory <laughs> and whether or not there's a multiverse and such like that. We could whale about. migration patterns or right. monarch butterfly mating habits. Yeah, exactly, right. This, this study of you know, why it is that wolves pack the, the way they do and such like that. It's, it's, uh, and if you have a different hypothesis, they don't jump on you and, and, and threaten to drum you out of your university. But if you do so in this one area called global warming you will be drummed down. You will be deemed a pariah. You will be chastised. You will be tarred and feathered, as it were.
0: Yeah, you'll be destroyed. Right. In in ways that the racists who, on the university campus who kept the Jewish girl from running for office yeah.
1: wouldn't be, That's but should have. That's right. That's the, so
0: true. The other thing that was so ironic is on their, their attack on Willie Soon is they, of course, made the claim that you mentioned that they said he was on the take of the oil companies. Hardy, har-har, an irony of all ironies. As it turns out, it's the global warning, warming pr- proponents who are receiving all the oil right. money from Arab states and other uh, oil uh, agenda places.
1: Oh, it's the best thing they, they've got going. I mean, think about where the money leads to that, right? If you, if you give money from – if you're a country that, that wants to uh, exploit the monopoly of oil, then the, the thing that you want most is to make sure that people use as little oil as possible – in, uh, or, or at least that they, they try to clamp down the oil production in your country, i.e., America, so that you have more uh, more power, more, more leverage oil to
0: export, more leverage, and you get the top dollar for every barrel.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's it's, exactly. it's
0: unbelievable. Yes. And then a guy like Willie Soon, who the 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 classic liberals would have celebrated in the in the same way they celebrate Galileo or whatever. Right. This kind of guy doing real science is suddenly the pariah. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's going to lead to our next uh, segment in the next half hour about projection and how virtually everything that the liberals lambast about the Republicans or the conservatives is in fact a projection. And that's a very good example of what you just said, is that when they claim that the conservatives who are against the global warming enthusiasm uh, that are that in the pockets of the oil companies. Well, in fact, the reverse is true. It's the liberals who are in, in the pockets. That's just one example. All right, so when we get back, we'll talk exac- exactly about that projection by liberals uh, of conservative causes. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Here, If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you recently handled a case where one brother was suing his two brothers, your clients. What happened? Well, Dennis, the two brothers struggled but succeeded to build three restaurants. But when the third brother returned from being out of the country for 20 years, he sued to get one-third of their business. He claimed an oral deal between them because he had once worked as a cook for them. So what did you do? Well, during trial, we got him to acknowledge certain key dates and to his complete lack of documentation. So when his side rested, we asked the court for what's called a directed verdict a motion that gets rid of a case after fatal facts come out during trial. And the court agreed, shooting down all but one of the brothers' causes of action. And we settled that one for a very small amount and excused the jury. And justice was done. My friends, you know that I trust Barack Lurie with my own business and other legalities. So to make sure a deal is done right, call him for your own legal issues at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Park, 866-575-8111. projection going on. And we gave an example of the global warming thing, right? And, 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 and that if you're in the business of uh, fighting the global warming, if you're a skeptic, as it were, a skeptic, you know, as if somehow, you know, you're one of these deniers, right? But if, if you're a skeptic on the global warming scene, well, then you're in the pocket of the oil company, right? But the funny thing is, the reverse is actually true. And hence we call that projection, right? When when you accuse somebody of doing the very thing that you are doing, if you're constantly lying, if you're constantly stealing, if you're constantly, um, you know, uh, losing your temper and you accuse the other person of doing that, that's, that's called projection. It's a psychological term. And oftentimes, it happens all the time. It happens in relationships of all kinds. But in the relationship between liberals and conservatives, it is not anecdotal. It is consistent to the T. To the point that whatever a liberal accuses a conservative of, you can rest assured that that is what the liberal does.
0: And it's not sometimes; it's one hundred and ten percent. Sometimes, <laughs> it's, sometimes. Un- it's, it's always.
1: It's always that way, and, the, and we're going to prove it. And so the example that you gave about oil, you know, being the pocket of oil companies and such, it was a very good one. It's it's a very um, succinct, very uh, a correct. And a tangible example of of, of how they are in, the, in fact in the pockets, if not the oil companies, then of some other company, whether it's uh, you know government power, which is you know you, you can get a grant if if only you uh, foster and encourage the notion of global uh, global warming. Well, then by golly, I'll give you this this nice little grant here. Look at this! Isn't this cute? Just say the right things. Of course, they're not going to give a grant to anybody that that denies global warming or challenges global warming. So there's, there's a great example of projection. Here's some more. The, the thing that you hear all the time from the liberals uh, as an accusation against the conservatives is that they are racist, right? And they tend to, I don't, I don't know what they point to, they, they, they point to a false history to suggest somehow that we're against civil rights, um, and the
0: Republican Party was responsible For slavery, things
1: right. like that Yeah, things like that, they just the completely distort reality Never mind that our, The first Republican, Abraham Lincoln Was the one that got rid of slavery And, that, and never mind that we were by, From a percentage point of view Much more supportive of the Civil Rights Act Of 64 than anybody else That Eisenhower was the one who advanced The, the first civil rights le- legislation Anyway And then also uh, focus on the fact That That it it does. I mean, this is the thing that bothers me so much, Ari. Let me get this straight: the Civil Rights Act. Everyone talks about that. Just forget about who who voted for what. Okay. Um, So what? The Civil Rights Act. It's a piece of paper, right? As if somehow the only reason why you and I are respectful to Black people and Hispanic people and other minorities is because the Civil Rights Act tells us to do so. Really? Have you ever read it? I haven't read it. I, I don't know what it says. Yeah, I don't know what it says. I assume either. it says be nice, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. You know, you you, you can't uh, discriminate on grounds of race when you hire people. Okay, I have no intent to do so. It's it's not a, it's a piece of paper doesn't. This is what liberals think, right? Uh, you write something and then it becomes law and then everyone follows it. You know that that's the, then it works. It's only in their mind. That's the funny thing. It's a, a piece of paper doesn't do jack. What does do jack? Is God, right? And understanding limited government, and if you have a God-centered, uh, free society, you will get all the goodies that you would ever profess to love, which means, uh, you know, the end of racism, the end of poverty, and a clean environment. I think I've, I, I think I've said of, the three. And, and the
0: innovation of, too. And the end of crime. Yes, that's true. crime. Good which, point. if there was no crime, would get all those. Black people who are in greater numbers in prison than in college out of prison Because they wouldn't have gone to prison the first place
1: well, Because there would have been no crime you, And you wouldn't have had fatherlessness Which was the principal reason for the crime uh, For the, uh, for the, the unfortunate um, rise of uh, blacks in jails And it has nothing to do with their skin color Other than the fact that the government was the one who targeted them For welfare purposes and therefore had fatherlessness Ah, it's just and two, we both
0: agree the Civil Rights Act was a good thing. Okay, great. Yeah, but but it's still again, a piece of paper. what it says is just two words on a page. That's, We're not racist because we respect individuals,
1: whoever they are. That's right. That's right. It's just, it's just so stupid. The whole mentality is so stupid. And, and, and we still got you, my fellow Democrats, because—not my fellow—my my, my Democrat friends, because we voted in greater numbers for it than you did. And so, yeah, yeah, there were more Democrats at the time, sure But that doesn't mean that you win this one, guys Not at all And, and we should do a whole other podcast, by the way About how the liberals have always been have Always advanced things uh, at, when, when things have already been more or less resolved right? Like, like this global warming thing right? It's a good example Where the, the, the environmental issues really are not that bad But we, we don't really have a pollution issue uh, anymore in the same yeah, way Los that Los Angeles
0: we does not look like downtown Beijing. Right. It, it,
1: nothing nothing in it. and never did by the way. And and going back even 100 years it was horrific in London and, and Paris all these in Pittsburgh they're completely dirty filthy cities and you couldn't breathe the air. But but only when things are super clean that's when all of a sudden we need this dramatic legislation, <laughs> right? That's a great point. That is such a great point. Yeah.
0: yeah where were they in 1860s Pittsburgh? Yeah. Or 1880s Pittsburgh? That's when right. you couldn't
1: breathe because of all the smokestacks. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but now all of a sudden we have to erase the global, global warming and, and, and fix the world. All of a sudden, uh, same thing was true. Is it, true with racism, where they would uh, suddenly, you know, everything was kind of improving. By the time that. The 1960s rolled around, although it wasn't perfect. It was 20 times better than it was just 30 years earlier than that. And, and in turn, 40 times better than it was 100 years before that. Uh, it, things are improving dramatically. Yes, not perfect, but it was getting there. And instead, while it was getting there, just like the pollution example I gave before, that's when suddenly they had all these rules. Boom, Civil Rights Act, affirmative action, busing. And great and society. Great society. All of a sudden, you know, we have to turn everything upside down on its head. But but wait a minute, we, we, we just leave it alone. Just yeah. let it leave it be. And the, you know, and they're so busy fixing things that ain't broke. Right, like they did today with network neutrality. Yes, yeah, good example.
0: I mean, uh, they, they always have solutions in search of a problem that yes right. invariably causes problems. Yeah who knows what is gonna affect the internet outgrowth in 20 years because of what happened today. Right. God forbid.
1: Yeah. It's like, a, it's like the doctor who tells you to take all these pills because you might have uh, you know, constant migraines all the time. So we, we, we better do this now. Yeah. But we, I'm, I'm feeling fine, doc. I don't care. Right. <laughs> take this. <laughs> okay? I know, what to, I know what's better for you. Yeah. Anyway, but let, let, I don't want to digress on that. We do, we do want to have a podcast on that. But let's talk about the projection thing. Now, we talked about, uh, uh, about the projection on the, on the global warming thing, the racism. Classic example that the, the, the conservatives are somehow racist, liberals are not. And yet, every program that they advance is in fact racist.
0: And harmful to the very people they say it helps. That's right. Which means that if they stick with the program knowing full well its effects, the only conclusion we as conservatives can draw is they must be racist somewhere in their hearts. Right. Because no one would want the black community to suffer the way it has because of these programs.
1: It is purely racist in its nature, and if if not in its intent. In its its, uh, results, if not in its uh, desires. That is what is going on with uh, all these these programs, which try to discern, to make a distinction between black people, other minorities uh, on on the one hand, and white people and the majority on the other hand. That's what's going on, and to, to say that it's it's anything but racism is offensive to not only to to everyone, every American. But also to common sense.
0: Yeah, and and this includes, of course, the most racist of their plans of all, which is affirmative action.
1: Yeah, affirmative action. Yeah, we, we, and and here's another example. And I think you brought it up, uh, about it offline, Ari. It's uh, this whole thing about voter ID, right? Here's a program that says that blacks are so inferior that they are more likely to be unable to get a driver's license than anybody else. Right, so it disproportionately affects them somehow. Right? Where did you get that? Who told you that? Where's the evidence for that? Right? Isn't that racist? Yeah, I see a lot of black and Latino people
0: driving around all the time, and somehow they magically got driver's licenses. Yeah, and despite all the disadvantages in driving ability, I guess thrown at them by
1: white America. Again, like you said, it's a solution uh, searching for a problem. And where where was the last time? Did, Did they interview anybody? On the street, saying, "Hey, I couldn't vote because, you know, I, I just couldn't find a way to get an ID." What? what Where's that person? It's like it's the unicorn, right? It's the unicorn, like the the white cop who tries to kill a black person specifically because he's a black person, right? They, they, they're always in search of that unicorn. And likewise, uh, this is the way they feel about voter ID, and they want to change everyone's life. We all know the real reason why they want to do it, which is to open the floodgates of voting. They they don't mind a little fraud. What's a little fraud in voting among friends? They want want a lot of fraud, actually. Who's who's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of fraud? Democrats.
0: And and look at how the full circle affects more Democrats elected – actually results in more racist strife and problems for the very minority groups they say the voter ID laws would have harmed in the yes. first place. Yes, Because if these people, God forbid, elected a Republican that would have cut the, the social programs and the social safety nets that are hindrances and expanded free market solutions, the neighborhoods these people live in would be prosperous and the real estate prices would go up. That's right.
1: Who do you think, uh, isn't it indeed extremely racist, just, I just want to ask you that question, and the listener, not, not necessarily you, Ari, because I think you already know the answer, but ask yourself the question, when you, when you decide that you're going to give benefits and perks and promotions and, and what you call a leg up, simply because of somebody's color. Let's just face it, that is racist, okay? just By definition. By definition. So, you may like it, you may, may like it because you think the results are there and that there needs to be an undoing of previous racism, but let's call it what it is. It is re- reverse racism. Okay? Let's just accept that. We conservatives, by contrast, are exactly the opposite of that. We say, we, we don't give a crap about your color. We are the opposite of racism. So you see this is a good example of the projection that we're talking about let's move on to another topic uh, greed okay and they, they, they the Liberals will tell you the conservative that we're all uh, greedy after all we just love that money and the truth is that it's all about money on their side For us we conservatives it's it's not about money it's never never has been about money it's everything that that, uh, that we seek. Yes, money helps in some sense, but it's, it's our values that actually creates the, the ability, the flow of money, so that we can have the innovation. In other words, money is, is a secondary side benefit as a result of the values that we share. So, for example, self-reliance, right? That, that leads us to, to create and to innovate. And as a consequence of that, we are able to generate money. But they got it all backwards, you understand. And for them, money is everything. Every program virtually that you can think of is in some way about money. And that is about taking money from the more wealthy, uh, what they call the one percenters, I suppose, and uh, and giving it to those who are not the one percenters. And it's about redistrib- redistribution of wealth and such. It, it, it goes to their core in every sense of the word. And... Uh, and that, that applies with the minimum wage suddenly. It applies with the, all the regulations. It applies with uh, the, the new FCC rules on the Internet. Everything that, that informs him in some way turns on money. And I remember once uh, a, a husband of a, uh, of a distant relative of mine uh, was saying, uh, you know, Barack, it's, not everything is about money. As if somehow, because you know that I was conservative, that everything I was talking about was at that point I was talking about limited government, how that's good for the, the benefit of the of the, the country, and also you actually get more revenues if you love taxes so much that you actually get revenues more if you reduce the taxes. I, I was basically explaining the. If you
0: love tax revenue going to the government. Right, right,
1: right. Yes. So, and, and then we could talk later on what we do with that great with all that money. That's a different story, but I was explaining that to him, and then he. He chides me and he says, you know, Baraka, not everything is about money. And I very quickly retorted, you know, for somebody who um, claims not to love money or, or turns it on me, it seems like every program that you have, is, it's all about money. Always has been. You want people who are the makers to give all their money to those who, what we call the takers. Anyway, you see it time and time again, all the social programs, and if you don't join the social programs, well, guess what it takes to make these social programs? Money. It's as simple as that. Uh, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great example. The greed and money canard charge is, in fact, a pure act of projection. All right. Here's another one that you've heard. Uh, that they are all about science, and uh, we conservatives are all about ignoring science. Okay. And that applies in two main areas that I can think of right away. And maybe you can think of another one, Ari. Um, one is global warming, of course. And uh, that there's all science associated with that. And we've already talked about that at length. But, the, of course, the reverse is true. Uh, we're the ones about the science. We're, we're basically pointing out to them that everything in their model is flawed. And as a consequence, we should not rely on it. It's not scientific. By any stretch of the imagination, they are the pure believers, and even when when the facts completely alter on them, uh, then they 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 double down on it. They're in a way like the like the like that crazy guy in New York City who has a placard and it says, "The end is near. You know, repent now, right? It, the world will collapse on May twenty third of uh, such and such date, such and such year." And then that date of May twenty third of that year comes and goes. And uh, what does he do? He, he crosses out, you know, he X's out that date, and he puts another date next to it, right? May 24. Yeah, exactly. And then, he, you know, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's a couple of weeks later. I mean, a truly honest placard guy would just keep on crossing it out, and you would see that, that it's, uh, that'd be a great far side cartoon, I think. But that's the way it is with these liberals. But uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see that they crossed out. Um, so, you know, it was, you know we, should, we should have, that would be a great cartoon. Right? Where you have this, this guy, a crazy guy with long hippie hair, and he says, The world will end as a result of, and then it says global cooling, and then that's crossed out. <laughs> and then the next one is global warming, that's crossed out. And then there's climate change, <laughs> you know, it's, and he's all smug, like, and he still expects the same you know, impression and adulations. Okay, uh, the other area where they, they claim to be scientific is evolution, right? And when it comes to God, for that matter. So those are two main areas. That are, they're very related. But the science is so strongly in favor of a designer of the universe. Uh, and they want to ignore that. They, they, will, they will look at every bit of evidence they can, except for the one honking bit of evidence uh, right there in the room with them. And that is that there's a designer. I mean, it all points to a design. You can You can feel free to say, I don't know what that designer looks like. I don't know if he wants what he wants from us, but there is a designer. That's, that's all you have to acknowledge right now. We can talk about other things later on, but they love to conflate the designer thing with the, uh, crea- the creationism and uh, the Jesus thing and the, the, the waters separating um, and then the flood and all those things, they, they conflate them all so that they, they don't actually address the, the clear evidence that they're a designer to the universe. But you see, they're the scientific ones, even though they ignore all the facts. And we're somehow not the scientific ones. Again, projection. Uh, you had a very good example, Ari, um, and I wanted you to kind of play up on that a little bit. Um, the comment that you made offline.
0: Uh, it has to do with the one about Barack Obama's religiosity? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, isn't it interesting that so often liberals in the media are the first ones to jump in and tell us how it's absolutely 100% clear that Barack Obama is absolutely not a Muslim. Yeah. As yeah. if there's something wrong with being a
1: Muslim. Right. That's a very good... That's a, I love that point that you made and it was so... I wanted to make sure that we, we captured it because it's it's, a, it's another example of projection, isn't it? What you just said. Uh, I, I never even thought yeah, about they that. they
0: scream that Islamophobia is this huge problem, Yeah. but any hint that Barack Obama is Islamic right. is suddenly a crisis. Right. As if they're the ones with suffering from Islamophobia. Right. It's, it's
1: like somebody accusing you of being a heterosexual. Right? I, uh, I accuse you of being a heterosexual. Well, okay. Okay. Fine. Uh, fine. I, I don't have any problem with that. And if, if, if you would accuse, uh, I don't know, a known gay person of being a homosexual, Elton John, you're a homosexual. Yeah, okay. What gives? What's the problem? What's your point? Yeah, <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's it you're a man, okay. And My wife is a woman. It, it, that's just the way it is. But instead, you've got a great point there. It's like, well, wait a minute. If if it's if it's such a um, if we're the ones being so Islamophobic then why are the, you the ones so hell bent on saying that, that you're not a Muslim? What's the point? So is there something inherently bad about being a Muslim?
0: Right, and I said to you offline, imagine if Barack Obama is a Muslim. Well, that means, since he's President of the United States, and President of the United States is the position of the most power in the world, and he's a Muslim... And he's telling us that all of the things ISIS does is not Islamic because Islam is a religion of peace. I would say, hallelujah, the most powerful Muslim in the world is telling us those atrocities are not Islamic. There you go. That would be a wonderful thing, actually.
1: That would be wonderful. Well, okay, so more examples of projection. Um, th- this is a classic one. They're the tolerant ones, and we're not, Right. We're all about bigotry. This is related to the racism thing, of course, but that we're tolerant, we're, clo- we're intolerant, and we're closed-minded, and we, we don't want to hear other viewpoints. Okay, so let me get this straight. So if you go to any church and uh, these days, you'll see time and time again, uh, not any church, of course, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, churches are real faith. They embrace people. They don't give a crap of what your skin color is. They don't care care. Um, how tall or short you are, how fat or thin you are, sexual orientation, even sexual orientation, they embrace you. They are truly tolerant. And likewise in in the conservative synagogues as well. But if you dare to espouse a a, a differing viewpoint as an opinion in uh, their churches, which we call the university, then uh, you're intolerant, you're bigoted, you're, you, you need to be drummed out of the school. You may be expelled for saying you know, some of the things that we're saying today in the podcast. Um, then he says, So who's the really intolerant ones? There?
0: I was once at a very well-known reform synagogue that has a rabbi who's a lesbian and social justice activist. I was attending, and the rabbi, this lesbian woman, heard me talking to another congregant. And I was explaining that I'm a conservative Republican who believes in the free market. The rabbi came up to me and asked me to leave. Huh. <laughs> Talk about to- intolerance, right?
1: right? I, thought, yeah, I, th- I thought you were supposed to be the intolerant. Look, can, yeah. you imagine, can you imagine if, 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 you know, we started off this podcast with um, the, the Jewish girl who was not allowed to be part of the student council. And these guys are supposedly tolerant, right? So it's a very good example of all that. But can you imagine if we, uh, in a Republican uh, get-together, what, what, you know, we, we simply say, hey, look, you know, and not even a Republican get-together necessarily, because in that case it's, it is about you know, sharing Republican ideas. But if we, I don't know, got, had a synagogue or whatever, and we said, well, you know, if you're liberal, you can't join us, even though our belief system may be the same you know, people would be shocked, they'd be upset, they'd be appalled, they'd be angry, they the would be... Channel 4 news truck would be
0: out front broadcasting live. Exactly. I mean, you know, and it's just such a great point, because they don't tolerate us, and we tolerate everyone. And to make, just sort of finish the circle on the point you made about churches, churches specifically welcome sinners, yeah. because... The way Christianity works is you're trying to abs- be absolved of your sins right. by accepting Christ into your heart. Right. Sinners come in. Yep. We, we don't need the non-sinner in here because the non-sinner
1: hasn't sinned. It doesn't already has Christ in his heart. Right? There you go. There you go. Uh, here's another, and, and this is related. A uh, point the free speech non- uh, stuff where they, they claim to be all for free speech, but in fact they're exactly the opposite and this is an easy one right i mean you, you hear about free speech codes and it's so amazing how they they they, they can't even see themselves how they are in fact uh, eviscerating free speech in the name of supposedly free speech and uh, they go to the campuses and they uh, they tell you well here are the things that you can and can't say <laughs> i mean it's so Amazing to me.
0: And if you dare make the mistake, they do a North Korean-style kangaroo court Gestalt therapy indictment of you, yeah. forcing you to perp walk psychologically in front of the whole campus and apologize to everyone for oh, all of your so intended true. and unintended sins that have issued forth from your vocal cords.
1: Here's another one. They're I'm sorry. Uh, they they're not elitist, not elitist, and we are extremely elitist. You understand? This is the way they feel about themselves. They, uh, you know, we're the rich snobs that all belong to the country clubs and we have wealthy estates and everything else. I wish. I, I only wish. That sounds great. I want yeah. to. I, I want to sign up to this cliche. <laughs> it, it, all, all you need to do is just believe. <laughs> Believe in conservatism, and you get an estate. You know, don't you know? This is the way it is.
0: Yeah, they drop – I heard they drop – liberals told me they drop bags of gold off on your front stoop. Oh, it's the best. Where is it? Can I wait with you until it comes? And
1: not only that, but uh, the oil companies will give you all this money to support uh, the, the fight against global warming, right? So there's so much money flowing. Oh, baby, it's awesome here on the conservative side. I only wish. I only wish. And the reality, of course, is very different. It is the Republicans that, uh, and the conservatives that tend to actually be much more middle America. It has very little to do with, the, with being very wealthy yeah, more on of the, the contrary, of the earth falls. yeah, on the contrary, the wealthy you were after a certain point, um, after the entrepreneur point, let 's put it this way, uh, when you become really, really wealthy, that's when you're almost certainly a Democrat. Stephen Jobs was uh, Bill Gates was but, is. Yes. Zuckerberg Uh, Zuckerberg. all those old money families uh, the old money families and the new money the nouveau riche as well these guys just have tons of money and yes there there are some conservatives among them but they're actually the minority Um, and more to the point of elitism look what happened recently with Scott Walker Right here's a guy that they are chastising, they are trying to degrade as much as possible, why? because he didn't graduate from college don't you know and not that he didn't go to college, just that
0: he yeah. didn't graduate, graduate from college. In
1: his senior year. Yeah. So this is an amazing thing. So let me get this straight. You, you've been saying how elitist we are, and yet when, when we present to you somebody that is a man of the earth, uh, you know, you know, and he's very effective as a governor, what, the one thing you point to is that he didn't go to uh, a really significant college or whatever that might be, and that, you, uh, that he didn't graduate from that college. Uh, never mind why he didn't go to, and why you didn't graduate from it for them it's all elitism. Where did you go to school you know it 's always amazing to me um, my uh, very liberal friends would talk about how how impressive the cabinet of Obama was yeah the best and brightest the best and brightest that. yeah like oh this guy oh he's incredible never mind that it 's like a revolving door with the with this cabinet right, right. No, but, one, no one's in the job more than three months basically it 's it's, it's a pathetic administration. And nothing is happening, and it's a disaster. Uh, you know, every, everything he's done has, has been a failure. But it's all about where you went to school, what your pedigree is, and, and how well you did, and how, how many languages you might speak. It's all about that, and what papers did you write. Truly, they are elitist, and it's all projection.
0: Uh, are you going to talk about the children thing? Because I think that's the coup de grace on this. Yeah,
1: please talk about it. Go okay. ahead. Well, to, you
0: know, we'll and then live, after that, the, I want to talk about
1: the Great Recession.
0: Yeah, the liberals always talk about how they love children and we conservatives just want children to starve. But we're the ones trying to make sure children get born and aren't aborted. Yeah, well, I love and, that one. and liberals then turn around and say, well, you just want them to be born so you can then starve them to death. Oh wait a I thought we were the efficient ones—the cold-hearted, calculated <laughs> right. killers. Why would we
1: let them escape the womb before killing them? Before so, it's a, you know try to find try to find reasoning and logic in this. Is, it makes no sense. And then in the meantime, you know that they're all about um, they, they, they they have no problem, um, you know, treating a fetus as if it's just a tissue. And it's all about a woman's right to choose, and it's her body, and stuff like that. Th- that. That's the way they distance themselves. That's that's how they resolve the cognitive dissonance that they have to deal with when they're, in fact, killing something in the womb. Um, that's their cognitive dissonance resolution, right? It's, this is the conflict resolver. But, but it seems it was almost as if they, they try to compensate by being so against the death penalty, because even if there's one person, one person who is... Uh, wrongfully accused, and then it, 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 you need to destroy the entire edifice. And never mind, you know, even when they, you could tell them point blank and they admit that they did the horrible crime and, it's, and the evidence is overwhelming, they're still against it.
0: And, because, and on the nights of, of a horrible killer being put together, there's always the vigil and the hippies standing, you know, at San Quentin, you know, chanting uh, uh, and praying for the men. That's the only time liberals right. pray, by the way.
1: Because all they're doing... Yeah, that's a good point. All they're really doing is is showing their love of evil. That's all it is? Yes. Okay, so and then the the ba- back
0: end of it really quick is of course, how women are treated in the feminist movement, how you know women who go through the feminist indoctrination, live the feminist lifestyle wind up trading family for for career and wind up lonely and without men in their lives because they've been taught all this clap which is just sort of repellent to to maleness, and then they wonder why they're so lonely,
1: right, and then they get angry with it but but again, a projection though is is to say that somehow. We're the, in your, your examples, we're the, we're the ones that are insensitive, that we're, the, we're, we're mean and cruel to life. Well, but, but wait a minute. Aren't you? Aren't you really the yeah, ones? Yeah, we're
0: the ones saying men should open doors for women. Men should sit after a lady and pull out her chair and push it in for her. Yeah, but and no. Buy we're, her dinner.
1: But we're the, we're the callous ones. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the other one, of course, is the Great Recession, as I said. This was a, 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 an instance in time, but I love this one because... It's so emblematic of The the great projection is what we really should call it Right (laughs) (laughs) How how did the great projection start? How did the great projection start? Well, I'll tell you It started because um, First of all, here's the charge The charge is that the Republicans, because of their greedy love of Wall Street and their... And banks. And banks, uh, you know, going running amok without the, the necessary regulations. Well, the whole thing collapsed because of greed, don't you know? Greed. Um, and, 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 that's, uh, and they talked about derivatives and fancy words that they know nothing about. But that, that's what they throw out there and that the whole system collapsed and now we need to fix it. We need to, to do, do all these things. Okay. When we, we, we know all the blame, every single penny of it, it lies with the Democrats, and it starts from a long time ago where they decided that uh, everyone should have a house. It's, everyone has a house day. <laughs> That's what it is. Never mind whether or not you can afford it, whether, whether or not you can maintain your mortgage payments. We're going to give you, John Smith, a house. You can't afford it? You make only 20000 a year? You're going to no get problem. a house. No problem. problemo. Okay, so, and then they expected nothing bad to happen. I mean, isn't that like... Saying here, here, son, you're, you're you're nine years old. Here are the car keys, uh, and just uh, bring it back in time and safe. Go get me some beer. Yeah, Good. And drink while you're at it. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you expect is going to happen there? It's, it's they, you know people just they can't afford it. Just like that kid has no business driving that car. There's nothing wrong with renting, but anyway, we don't have to drill down on that. But the fact is. That the Democrats were the ones Who created the Great Recession Yeah, they
0: cause it, and then rhetorically All they do is, with the media's Aiding and abetting, blaming no one But Republicans for the whole thing That's Never so once true. accepting any responsibility From Jimmy Carter, to Bill Clinton To Barney Frank, to uh, uh, You know, Jim Johnson Or mm-hmm. Franklin Raines yeah. Or um, Jamie Gorelick From, uh, you know, who all managed Fannie and Freddie None of them <laughs> it, was, it was all Bush's fault
1: <laughs> Uh, there's two more things, and then we'll call it a wrap, but uh, it, one of them is the whole environmental scene, right? Here's a, such a great example of projection. Uh, we conservatives believe so much in the environment, and first of all, they, they they accuse us of wanting to have dirty air and dirty water, as if somehow dirty air and dirty water would know to somehow avoid every conservative house, you know, like... like uh, like the Angel of Death on hey, Passover. Thank you. I was just gonna say, just like the Angel of Death and Passover. Here's
0: a Republican like, registration. Right. Go over yeah. us, dirty air. Just,
1: just put a big R and you know in front of your house and you'll be safe from the from the dirty air and the dirty water. A silhouette of an elephant. <laughs> Anything, you know, for those who can't read. Anything that's what they think. Like, no, of course not. We we like clean air and, and clean water as well, like the next guy, and we believe our policies advance that. And in fact, they do. And the, 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 the liberal mantra, in fact, creates the very devastation that they claim to be against. So uh, drill baby drill is one thing. Why do we say that with such confidence? Why do we say that's that actually good for the environment? Here's why. When you drill in America, there are certain safeguards and we do it right. And we make sure that we do it with the certain protocols. Um, and with with responsibility, because if you don't do that, you can be found liable for being negligent and you know killing other people and such.
0: And if the stuff spills, the media
1: will freak out. That's right. So we have every incentive to do it correctly. Yes. And when you say that you can't drill in America, guess what? They're drilling somewhere else and in countries where there are not those protocols in place. So there's going to be a whole bunch of environmental catastrophes in those other places. You're just you're just pushing. Uh, the the problem down the road, or whatever. What is it like? It's, what do they say? It's the, it's where you squeeze one part of the, the, the inner tube and the the bubble goes somewhere else, right? Yeah. Well, that's what it is. So you're you're only creating the problem somewhere else, yeah. and you're and you're only causing suffering elsewhere.
0: And these are the people who constantly tell us to think
1: globally, act
0: locally. Yeah. And, and it's one-world, an enclosed ecosystem and globalization. Yeah. What, what, if a butterfly flaps its wings in Africa, <laughs> a, a hurricane hits New Orleans That's in right. August. Right? right. So, so, so how is having an, an environmental catastrophe in Kuwait not affecting Santa Monica? That's
1: right. That's right. So, you know, we're and, – and, and, and another thing, a nuclear energy – uh, we we had, had virtually no serious uh, accidents whatsoever it's, it's, not, it's the cleanest energy you could possibly imagine But of course they have to shut that down Because we can't have anything clean We are for clean energy This would be ideal But they want to shut that down And what do they point to? They point to um, the, the, Ukraine. Um, not the Ukraine Chernobyl, Ternobyl, that's right And Fukushima and, but, but, that's, but that actually underscores our point Especially Chernobyl, because Chernobyl was run by socialists who didn't know what the f they were doing, right? These are—it's as if you you were—you know—you gave my nine-year-old son uh, directions to to build a a nuclear power plant and expect it to run well. Well, it's not going to happen. It's just like it's even worse than the situation of giving him my car. It's not going to be a good scenario. Anyway, we we are far more environmental as a as a result of our way of thinking and everything else. Even the car has not uh, created the pollution that everyone thinks it does because innovation uh, has met the demand for cleaner air, right? It's not even cleaner air. It was because we wanted more efficiency in the gas because the gas prices were going up. So what, what better way to encourage people to buy cars than to make sure that it's cleaner burning and uses as
0: much of the fuel as possible right. to move the car forward yeah. rather than spew into the air. And so then, better gas mileage yes, means better for the air. Yeah. Better car, cheaper car, cleaner car. Yeah. Uses all less bad. oil. Right. And, 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 and lasting and, longer. Yeah, too. And then when they do approve of some measure for their eco-solution energy innovations, you know, wind, solar, their solar plants... Incinerate and immolate <laughs> birds. Right. Their wind farms hack birds to pieces, right. but they're complaining about the few birds that yeah. are drowned in oil
1: because of a, a rare oil stuff. That's right, rare, yeah, exactly right. So it's all projection, my friends. Here's the last thing uh, that we need to talk about um, they, 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 they accuse us of wanting to control, right? You hear this all the time. Those those Republicans, they want to take over America, and they want to force their way into our lives and impose themselves, both religiously and on a woman's body, and and all those things. Into our bedrooms and yeah. up a woman's uh, internal organs. Yeah, all those Everything. things. So you think to yourself, okay. Well, you would think that there would be a, uh, a greater amount of restrictions on abortion. There really haven't been, uh, in reality. But put that aside for a second. <laughs> We want limited government. And this is Dennis Prager's point, too, and it's an excellent one. Let me get this straight. We want limited government, in fact, as little as possible. And how are we going to get more power as a result of less government? Can can someone please explain that to me? And this is because you can't. And well, the, it's, it's the
0: only explanation would be a gobbledygook, cycle, babble about how the money and the greed and the, and you realize after a minute, uh, shut up, hippie.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's Well, it, what they'll say, as I'm thinking about it right now, is that well, they just want all the money to be funneled to the corporations, who in turn will take over this country, man. Okay. <laughs> I like the way you did the man. That's exactly. <laughs> Thank you, very much. I mean. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this but, but, this is but, my this is my real job and I, I you know I want to be a, a you know a barista and an actor something <laughs> okay <laughs> so okay. But, but but here's the point is that no it's it's about governmental power and they want more and more power in the government resources and the administration and more and more bureaucracy what do you think that leads to my friends of course it leads to control and power that's that's the ultimate projection. That's why I, I want to end with that, is how completely hypocritical it is and how much of a projection it really is. And just like you said in the very beginning of this segment, all right, literally everything they say that they claim to want is exactly the opposite of what they want. And everything they accuse the liberals, as the conservatives, of, of being and doing, they're doing it. And they're doing it in
0: greater measure than they accuse us That's of. That's right. There and, you and, go. And not just, like, double. I mean, like, ten times yeah. in magnitude. Yeah, than they, will, will, they, will
1: they, will. they can't find it, You know any example of, of Republicans engage, engaging in racism. <laughs> so it's not even ten times because ours is zero. So it's an infinity times more yeah. than than anything that the Republicans may be doing. And,
0: my Lord, they're trying. They're, oh, they're, fine, they're scouring know. the earth for it.
1: So... This is, this is the one thing I want us to remember. Right? And please, by all means, write to us if you see other examples of projection uh, from the liberal camp toward the conservative camp. Because, boy, there's a hell of a lot of that going on. My friends, I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk with you real soon.